We have online forums in every community in the state, and about 170,000 uh, members participate. Um, and that's in a state with 260,000 households. So that's one of our big claims to fame is our level of traction. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. On today's episode, we sit down with Michael Wood Lewis, founder of Front Porch Forum, who has revolutionized what it means to build community in Vermont. Welcome. This is Sam Roach Gerber and Dave Bradbury, recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Hi, Michael. Hello, Sam. Hello, Dave. Hey, thanks for coming out today. Yeah, my pleasure. We're psyched to have you, Michael. Does uh, does neighborliness stop when you're not in the office? Oh, yeah. No, I like, turn it on and off. Like a pause button? Okay. No, not at all. We won't keep you long then. It's a state of mind. No pressure, but I'm assuming you're just like exactly like Michael Rogers. That's what I've sort of built up in my head. So. Mr. Rogers? That's it. Michael Rogers. See, I already combined it. There Whoa. You go. Weird. I guess I, not. I don't do cardigans, so... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not cardigan season. I don't do it anymore. My wife threw out my cardigan, and I thought it was awesome, but uh, it was embarrassing to the children. And well, um, There's a fine line on who can pull off a cardigan, Dave. I'm not interesting, nor do I have facial hair to just mm. justify it. So, But enough about me. Let's get down to Michael here, Sam. Yeah, Michael, um, what is Front Porch Forum, and what sort of inspired you to start it? We'll start real basic here. Sure. Uh, Front Porch Forum is an online space for neighbors. So anywhere in Vermont, you can go to frontporchforum.com and sign up and begin to engage with neighbor-to-neighbor conversation. Um, So we we host online forums in every community in the state, and about uh, Mm 170,000 members participate. Wow. Um, And that's in a state with 260,000 households. So... That's one of our big claims to fame is our level of traction is astounding, really. It's just amazing. Why? Yeah, how? Like, like <laughs> is it either the experience, the sentiment? Have you, have you sort of... Well, we've been at it for a long time. So it's not a, um, a hot and sexy, quick fix kind of thing. Like, you know, you might go to the latest and greatest thing and get the coolest tech or the neatest video or whatever. Front Porch Forum, well, somebody said a a great quote to me once. They said, if if much of the Internet is a fire hose of information, Front Porch Forum is slow drip irrigation. It's just a little each day of neighbor to neighbor talking about the controversial new stop sign at the corner or the barking dog or the lost keys. the yards, the group yard sale, what have you. So it's just uh, five or ten minutes a day of very localized conversation among neighbors. And what we find is uh, people sign up, and there's a very low churn rate. People almost never go away. And uh, we've been at it since 2006. We actually started the precursor in the year 2000 in our own neighborhood. So really been doing this model for 20 years. Has it always been digital, or did it start with... Yep. Sort of newsletter in the mail formats, no? Nope. Started with uh, essentially a off-the-shelf listserv for one neighborhood and a spreadsheet. Wow. Was it, was it on TogetherNet when they were here? <laughs> TogetherNet was like our number two domain, I think, of our email uh, folks, yeah. 
So what inspired it? Why, and why did you start this thing back in 2000? Uh, well, yeah, we were trying to scratch our own itch. We, uh, my wife and I had been in our neighborhood for about a year. We had a new baby. We were renters. And it was uh, widely uh, you know, thought of as one of the most neighborly neighborhoods in town uh, in the south end there, the Five Sisters neighborhood. But boy, we couldn't break in. We were having trouble meeting people. Um, you know, and what we discovered was people were just busy. Um, you know, the, the, we'd watch one neighbor who had middle school and high school age kids, and that minivan was in and out of the driveway about every 30 seconds. It's a logistics business, as yeah. my wife and I have learned. Very much, and our kids are that age now. And so I can relate, but the new neighbor and the rental across the street was like a speed bump, you know, to get out of the way or I'm going to run you over, you know. And they weren't unfriendly about it, but it's just there wasn't, we didn't have the time or space, they didn't have the time or space to kind of connect with us. And so um, we wanted in, you know, we wanted to know what was going on. We came home one day from a little canoe outing and saw that the neighbors were all wheeling away um, barbecue grills out of the street and picnic tables. <laughs> what? what happened here? And they're like, oh, this is the annual, you know, neighborhood uh, block party. Well, <laughs> how do you find out about that stuff? <laughs> and one of my neighbors, who's still a neighbor today, 20 years later, just laughed. And he said, oh, you know, you got to live here for 10 years before you're on the grapevine. And he didn't say it meanly at all, but uh, he was accurate. And I was just not patient. I, I didn't have 10 years to wait. And so we started brainstorming ideas, and, and we came up with this concept of a neighborhood emailed newsletter, um, basically, where neighbors provided all the content. And we started doing it. And I had been, um, at the time, I was involved with a dot-com startup, ForestWorld.com, um, chief operating officer a long time ago and the forest product sector. This was Web 1.0 days. I remember um, seeing maybe the business plan for that. Yep. Uh, many, many iterations of that. Um, and, you know, so I was exposed to tech and, and engineering is my background. Community development is kind of where my heart is. And I said, you know, I'm going to use this new tool called the Internet to try to make this work. And we, you know, I did a, did a big investment of 15 bucks at uh, what was then Kinko's, made a stack of flyers and put one in each front door in our neighborhood of about 500 households. And immediately people signed up wow and you know we i asked around the neighborhood i said what's the name of this neighborhood it didn't have a you know it's not a development with a sign out front or anything and every person i asked had a different name or no name and so i said okay that gives me license to make something up for this newsletter and so i called it the four daughters newsletter because i counted four female first name streets in our neighborhood and then my wife pointed out there are actually five um, after the first draft. <laughs> it's, all about, it's all about iterating, right? Yeah, and so I thought, well, Five Sisters sounds better somehow, and so we call it the Five Sisters Neighborhood Newsletter. And within a month, everybody was calling the neighborhood the Five Sisters. No way. Uh, so you coined that? Amazing. I'm sure somebody else said it before we did. But within a month, the free press had, I remember there was an article about the shop on the corner, and they said, you know, on the corner of the Five Sisters neighborhood, da, da, da. and I was like, yeah, I never heard that before. So, yeah, wow. you know, we just took off from there. And tell us about the experience of using Front Porch Forum today. Why are people on there? 
What are they doing? What does it look like? Yeah, so people sign up at frontporchforum.com. It's free. Um, and you get essentially a daily newsletter, a uh, collection of postings from neighbors. Uh, public officials are on there, your select board members, city councilors, school board members, state reps, um, planning and zoning. You know, it depends where you are, uh, who joins. But we have thousands of local officials who join. Um, uh, businesses join. We have about 10,000 businesses that are, are on board from Porch Forum now across the state. Nonprofits, we have, uh, I think, over 1,000 nonprofits now. And, but primarily, it's neighbor, neighbor postings. You know, it's people who live there. And people post about a wide variety of topics. Um, you know, break-ins are a hot topic always. Uh, lost animals. Um, recommendations, very popular. Black in bears in Stowe, where I live, is like people oh. are going off. It's like it literally you would think there's 7,000 bears. It's a roaming Main Street. Good season for blueberries, good season for bears, I guess. I don't know if those go together, but uh, um, cause and effect. But yeah, a lot of, lot of wildlife sighting postings. Uh, it's a kind of anything that somebody would think about sharing with a neighbor is, you know, fair game for posting on Front Porch Forum. I remember I was like pretty surprised to see so many officials and sort of names I recognized. Was that part of the initial goal to have those people on there? Or did you have to recruit them or did they just kind of come themselves? Well, I'm a huge fan of our local public officials, especially those who volunteer their time in our state. And that said, um, when we first started, I approached many of them, dozens of them, and asked them to sign up and not a person did. And they all thought I was nuts or just didn't listen to me. But within six months, when we had critical mass starting, boy, did they come pounding on the door saying, what is this? Let me in. Why didn't you tell me about this? You know, well, 170,000 people using it is way more than people that vote. Yeah. Oh, it's massive. It's pretty, yeah. uh, pretty stunning. Mm. So, um, yeah, and campaigns are, have now recognized that, too. So it's a popular spot around leading up to town meeting day and, you know, our fall election cycle. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I, I literally, it's, it's like this addictive email. How can you not yeah. scan it, yeah. right? I, I mean, literally, like, what's going on? Like, who lost what or who's giving away a free kayak? Or I gave away two air conditioners in July this year. Like, was popular, I the popular guy popular or what? man. How many calls did you get? Um, it was gone within, like, eight minutes. Yeah. And, and then I had probably a dozen or so. Other connections with people say, sorry, not now. Well, Dave, you put, you put your finger on something. I often get approached by usually male engineer types, uh, just because that's my background. I can stereotype a little bit. But uh, who say, you know, I, I posted my air conditioner on Front Porch Forum. I got rid of it. You know, I'm happy. But I have to tell you, you've not designed the optimal air conditioning for sale service. And the next guy will say, well, you know, I did find my lost cat on Front Porch Forum, but I have to tell you, this is not the optimal way to f do a, a lost cat, you know, website. Let me explain or a mobile app. Right on down the line, you know, I, I got into the school debate budget, uh, budget debate, you know, on Front Porch Forum and learned a lot. But I have to tell you, this is not the optimal school budget debate platform. They're all true. You know, we've, what, we're, what we've designed around, what we're trying to optimize is social capital among neighbors. And so I'm thrilled that you unloaded your air conditioners, Dave, but I'm even more excited that you had a dozen points of contact. Uh, and all of them you say, hey, sorry, you respond to. Yeah. And because you, 
you know, they could be a next door neighbor right. or someone that might push me out of a snowbank at some point too. So. And imagine that happening thousands of times across Vermont every week. How do you live with all the good that happens? I mean, it's got to be crushing. You must not sleep at night. You know, it's something about, we were talking about human nature earlier, something about human nature that I don't, the success stories don't sink in, although they're, they happen all the time and they're, they're beautiful. What sinks in is the one person who's ticked off. Um, mm. and, and that happens every week. Somebody in Vermont is mad at us because an argument with a neighbor or they, you know, they got a bum steer on a roofer recommendation. Um, and, you know, we try our best to deal with each one of those and learn from them and, and help the person out. But, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, but the, the, there's a, Vermonters are a great bunch. Um, they really go for social capital, as it seems like, as a, on a whole, and, and tend to pitch in and help each other out a lot. I just was on yesterday, I think, and someone was just going on to thank someone for paying it forward. Someone had paid for their bagels at the Bagel Cafe without asking for anything, sort of walking away. I saw away. that posting. Yeah. yeah. That's and beautiful. It was, it was because, you know, of course there's this sort of upsetting, angry post now and again where people are frustrated about something. But for every one of those, you know, there's another sort of positive thing. And, I, you know, I moved to the New North End, um, and it immediately made it feel more like home, having mm-hmm. some sort of connection. And um, it's very much a, you know, working-class neighborhood where people are gone all the time because they're all trying to pay for the house they just bought, right? Yeah. Um, but I've found that, you know, Front Porch Forum really does sort of make you feel like you're part of something, and I think that's the magic of it, really. Oh, I love to hear that. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah, it's very popular. Uh, it's very popular with folks who have recently arrived into a community, be they someone moving around within Vermont or someone coming from out of state. It's a... V- it's an accelerator for getting up the kind of learning curve of the local community. Yeah, it's funny. We, we've actually discovered that here at, at VSAT at this downtown mm-hmm. location that, you know, folks arrive and how do I connect? They're not really joining churches or country mm-hmm. clubs or other sort of general store kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. And they reach out to different centers, ours and others. And I think that's just sort of the, a sign of the times. And yeah. it's really special and and really wonderful to be able to just see the talent that's here the energy the the overall positivity Mm -hmm. um so you must get hit with feature requests all the time by the snotty engineers you described or just people like sam or dave i literally just wrote down feature bloat question mark so you and i how do you fight it was was this like a, a conscious decision early on and you know how does this not like expand to become you know, feature heavy with ratings and all this other stuff and, and more yeah. toward the, I don't know, I would put it toward kind of the Craigslist, Craigslist sort of philosophy of it's substantive, it's enough. Yeah. Leave us alone. Like, how did that happen? I, I'd love to claim, because we're in a good spot regarding that, I think. Um, we have a, a good basic product that works well for lots of people. Um, and we're, we are adding features now, it's just very slowly and, 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 uh, you know, particularly. But uh, early on, um, my response to every feature request was, and we got lots of them, was, wow, that's an interesting idea. I'm going to write it down, share it with my colleagues, and we have no money, so we're not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it was easy. Um, we're not going to do it anytime soon. Um, 
But as we've grown, and like I say, we've been incorporated in Vermont as a small business um, since 2006, so for 13 years, um, and our headcount's grown. We have 18 staff now. Um, you know, we have increased capacity to be able to do some things. Uh, but the, the core thing is we're very much mission-driven and values-driven. And I don't say that to come off as high and mighty or something, but it, it, it's super clarifying. Um, you know, we're not just trying to do clickbait uh, stuff or, you know, drive traffic numbers. And, and frankly, we haven't taken um, venture or angel money, uh, which is, you know, a fine path but comes with trade-offs. So we haven't had to deal with those trade-offs of you know, achieving a 10x exit by date certain or whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah, we've been slow and steady, um, and we, we focus on uh, traction, how many members we have, engagement. Uh, I, I will share that one number that really stands out for us is in, on many social media, you can expect to see something like 1% to 10% of the members supplying most of the content. And most other people are, you know, lurking or just, you know, participating by reading or viewing videos or whatever. Think of YouTube, for example. Um, you know, one one to ten percent supply most or all the videos. Um, on front porch form, it's fifty percent. And, you know, that's that's, you know, probably a number I'm most proud of because, you know, half the people in, uh, feel comfortable enough to speak up, and, and we'll often see people who are members for five years and no postings, and then they have a need and they post. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, it's not a, there's not a tech barrier. You don't have to figure out how to operate a video camera and download this or that. Um, it's very simple. And, and there's not a social barrier for most people. It's like speaking up at a block party, you know, where everyone's wearing a name tag. It feels comfortable. It's not like standing up um, at a town meeting and making a pronouncement or something. It's just very low-key and easy. So when, when you started this in 2006, did you want it to become a business? Or was it just more of your, gosh, we haven't met any neighbors. <laughs> how do we, how do well, we change that? And then when yeah. did it become a business, and, and how did that change? In, in 2000, to go back one notch further, we started our own neighborhood as a project. And I wasn't thinking business then. I was thinking of just solving a problem in my house and my neighborhood. And then 2006, I, I was exiting um, a job running a, a three-state environmental nonprofit, and um, thought, you know, this has worked so well in, in our neighborhood, and we started. We were starting to get national attention. Uh, our neighborhood was held up as like a top ten neighborhood in the country for sense of community by some magazine. And what stood out was when the reporter went around and interviewed. He interviewed ten people in each of these ten neighborhoods around the country. He said ours was the only neighborhood where everybody gave the same reason for what's your secret ingredient. You know, everybody else, other neighborhoods said, well, it's the 4th of July picnic, or it's trick-or-treating, or it's this or that. In our neighborhood, everybody said this listserv at the time. And I thought, wow, if, if I can't, you know, make a go of this somehow as a business, then shame on me. I mean, we've got, you know, several years of experience I want to do it. I have a passion for it. I have a background in tech. You know, let's go for it. And so, yeah, we, my wife and I started as a business. But I had just exited a, a, a dot-com startup that I referenced earlier that was, you know, your classic angel-backed um, 
quick ascent, you know, quick <laughs> descent um, back to earth. And I did not want to do that with this. It felt too near and dear to my heart. And I, I wanted to do slow and steady. And I knew it was from my years of doing it in my own neighborhood that we were violating all, you know, many of the norms coming out of Silicon Valley at the time. And I knew if I took investors, they would say, no, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do it differently. So I wanted to maintain control. And so I went slow and steady and didn't draw a salary for multiple years. Um, and thank you to my wife for sticking with us uh, on this. Um, Did she, had she a job? That was sort of, we often like see these pairs that start and sometimes one is yeah. working and one is working on the future. And You know, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it was, when we started as a business, we had four kids in diapers. Um, so, no, my wife was not working Really logical time to start that. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations. It was well thought out. You know, this is the moment. Um, but no, basically, I was. I, I left this other job, and I was at home twenty four seven, and awake at any one of those hours, uh, given the kid, uh, you know, uh, uh, constellation, and so I would just work at my desk in one hour, ten minute, two hour intervals, kind of around the clock. <laughs> And I said, "There's no nobody's going to hire me to work this. You know, I, I, yeah, right, unemployable. That I was unemployable. Yeah. We were on, both of us, and so we drew down our savings and just worked like crazy. And um, you know, classic eighty, hundred hour weeks for a long time um, to get it up on even keel. And you mentioned, you know, being involved in early stage startups before that. Did you? And this is usually a question we ask right away, but did you always want to start your own business? Was this something that was sort of ingrained in you when you were young? or No, not at all. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't understand this as an option. Um, you know, I went to school for engineering. I, my, my father was a, you know, a, like a company man, you know, kind of background. My mom was a school teacher, you know, so I had those models. My brothers were, most of them were in healthcare, doctors and physical therapists and whatnot. And, and so I just had this image of, well, you work for some big, you know, thing. Mm. And, uh, but I got into nonprofit work, mission-driven work, uh, environmental protection, community development, and kind of left my engineering uh, background behind in a way. I used those skills in a different environment. And uh, really started to get excited as I learned more about triple bottom line and, you know, businesses that do good and do well at the same time. And so, yeah, I, I, and I, I do best when I'm the boss. Can I say that out loud? Um, you know, personally, it's, Hell yeah. I'm a better number one than a number two or anything else. Um, so all those things came together and, Again, my wife, Valerie, bless her heart, recognized all those things. And, uh, and she said, yeah, go for it. So it's worked out well. Awesome. Did you, um, when's the first time you heard the term social entrepreneur and realized, oh, yeah, that's, that's me? Yeah, good question. I don't know. Um, early, in the early days of Front Porch Forum, for sure. Yeah. And you've been, you know, you've talked a lot about 
kind of growing this thing slowly and intentionally and um, what does scaling look like to you? I mean, we are big fans of Front Porch Forum. We think it could be huge. Is that part of the goal or are you sort of happy with where you guys are at? Um, yeah, I'll yes and no and maybe <laughs> uh, to that one. Um, scaling in the conventional, you know, venture back Silicon Valley model is not what we're pursuing. Uh, it's not a fit uh, for, for us for multiple reasons. Um, you know, you don't have to look very hard at, at social media that has followed that pattern to get a, re, a sense of why. Um, you know, Facebook on down um, uh, has a lot to answer for these days and will um, in the future as well. Um, and, you know, that's, that's not been part of our vision from the beginning. Um, we have a, a national imitator, uh, nextdoor.com. Right that um, saw our product, um, took a hard, you know, deep and hard look at us and, and other things out there and raised, now they're at 300 million of venture and over $2 billion of um, yeah, know, so valuation. Yeah, the last round was 123 million at a 2.1 billion value. Like, yeah. I bet they don't have 50% of people participating. Very different uh, experience. It's kind of a Facebook meets front porch form kind of thing. And they're global, um, and you know, there's I'm sure a lot of good people work in there, but there and a lot of good you know people who use the service. Um, but from the beginning, I've watched them make decisions, design decisions, business decisions that I couldn't do, I wouldn't do with our service. Um, of course, they're playing at a very different level, um, but you know, they have major backers. Um, the same people who funded LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and the rest, who are expecting a 10x exit. Um, I mean, does it make your head explode with the thought of trying to spend $300 million, given what you've spent to this point? Like, it's just a different now, it's, sort it's of... so different. You know, it's like uh, Muddy Waters, our great local coffee shop down the hill here in Burlington. You know, do they stay up nights thinking about Starbucks, you know? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and that's how I kind of view it. It's, yeah, I've talked to those guys. I've been out to Silicon Valley. We've danced, you know, at different times. And it's just a seriously different mindset and, and values alignment um, or not non-alignment between us. Um, but, you know, from the beginning, Nextdoor um, has had and continues to promote a fear-based um, marketing pitch you know it's kind of uh gated communities on online no version of gated communities. Out there kind of oh yeah. And, yeah and so what happens on their platform you know they got into hot water a couple years ago big time for racial profiling and, and you know if you're telling people you know do you want to keep them out join your local next door you know it's kind Ooh, of it wasn't that egregious but yeah. that was kind of the and they do a lot of work with police agencies and, you know, and I know from our experience that crime and, and fear-based postings are important and have to be handled very carefully. Right. Um, There's a responsibility. And, and yeah. how have you maintained trust? I mean, any exchange at the heart of what makes it work is around trust. Mm -hmm. Like, 
how how do you do that either one to one with individuals that have issues or or just through posting to the community uh, a learning or or a yeah. guidance point? How, how's that handled? There's a certain magic um, that we that we tap into where in Vermont at least people tend to trust neighbors. Not always uniformly in everybody, but it's kind of doesn't even make sense, right? It's like, who's the best plumber in town? Well, John next door says it's Acme, you know, so therefore I'm going with Acme. Well, what's John know? And, you know? He's just your neighbor, you know, it's just one data point. You know, the scientist in me rejects that. But, um, but on the other hand, all these various online systems and rating systems and stuff all get gamed and all you right. know have different things going on behind the scenes it's hard to assess like wait is this paid or unpaid or they got a hundred thumbs up how many of those thumbs up are their employees you know it's just mm. it's hard to know what's going on behind these systems so front porch form just tries to be super simple it's like look we're not vetting any of these recommendations or or you know conversations about break-ins or whatever, but it's just neighbors. What we do do uh, that's different than you know, almost you know, ma many other online spaces is we have a staff of online community managers. And the online community managers review each posting before we publish it. So, and that, my friends, is not terribly scalable. Right. Um, you know, so, you had said, I mean, we're talking about how, how you want to scale slowly and intentionally, but 18 employees is still a pretty significant number. Mm -hmm. um, how, what does that break down? Are a lot of those folks community managers? Or? Yeah, so a third mm -hmm. or so are online community managers. And our headcount's 18, but our full-time equivalents are a little less than that, maybe 14. Um, we have a sales staff. Our business model is we sell advertising to Vermont businesses and nonprofits and others. Um, and so, you know, they go out and they help these businesses, um, you know, solve their problems. Uh, and uh, so it's a real hands-on, you know, sales model. Uh, we have our tech team, in-house engineers. Um, and, uh, you know, we do some marketing. And, of course, with that many people, we have some overhead, some admin. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty... We're very light overhead, you know, very... People come on board and they're like, whoa, where is everybody? Like, you're doing this much with this few people. Uh, we have a lot of hardworking folks. You have, like, one employee for every 10,000 <laughs> accounts. Yeah. If, roughly. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, totally. Um, and you guys have a, a few new things happening. You mentioned a mobile yeah. app earlier and... Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Tell really. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got a mobile app. Um... It's uh, in the Google, well, it's, it's accepted by Google in the Google Play Store for Android, and Apple's been being persnickety, so we're working on them. Um, so we have to make a couple tweaks, but uh, should be available within, you know, the month or so. Yay. And, uh, yeah, so. Probably about the time this podcast release. There we go. So look forward this fall of 2019. But uh, the mobile app, people, most people participate on Front Porch Forum via email now which is not going away. That'll continue. Um, it's also always been available on our website as well. And now it'll be available in a mobile environment, a mobile, dedicated mobile app too. 
Awesome. Um, and we will, you know, build more features uh, on the You're mobile You're going to be able side. to allow photos at some point? Yeah. Well, what do you think? Would you like photos uh, with your front porch forum postings? I don't need them. I, I go to Craigslist, create photos in an account, and then cut and paste that into your thing. So I'm like, so you're sort of losing traffic yeah. that way. I, I don't know that I wouldn't post in both places, but I will say I'm much more successful in giving away or selling small items on front porch forum than Facebook Marketplace or eBay yeah. or, or Craigslist. So um, the photo thing is a little bit tougher. That's a, that's a heavier lift, a lot more. There's a moderation stuff. issue. and yeah. uh, the, the, um, When we ask, people tend to think, if they're thinking as themsel- of themselves as posting, the person putting up the for sale item or whatever, they almost always say, yeah, I want photos. But people typically, you know, 90% of the time are, are readers. And when I say, you know, you say I'm your reaction, do you want each of those 10 postings, 20 postings to have a photo with it, or many of them, it's like, I don't need to see a picture of that table. It's for sale. You know, it's like, no. If I'm interested, I'll reach yeah. out and get a photo, but... People get worked up oftentimes about lost animals, and it's like, look, it's a lost dog. It's black and brown. You know, it's like, yeah, right. you don't really need a mugshot, you know, a video of the dog for someone to help find it. Yeah, I don't know. I... I that's not my problem to figure so. out. Yeah, um. it's it's one for our future. We we uh, the, the mobile app uh, may open up some opportunities along those lines to incorporate photos in some thoughtful ways. Have you ever thought about subscriptions for for users or or just being free and accessible as the yeah the we are so much about inclusion. We want everybody to participate on their local front porch forum uh, in, in our territory in Vermont. And, and many, many do. And so if we put up some kind of paywall, we know we'd lose people. You'd be a newspaper. Um, yeah. Right. And so we do have voluntary subscriptions, if you will. We, we pass the hat once a year. Um, and you know, we get a surprisingly strong response for that. And that's huge for us. Awesome. Can you talk about a documentary that's been done? Yeah. Recently, I guess recently, and what yes, about it was amazing. Why um, we need to see it when Sundance or something? Uh, a young Canadian filmmaker, uh, Peter Strauss, approached us last year and said he wanted to make a short documentary about Front Porch Forum in Vermont and its impact. And he said, "I'm going to do it." And do you want to cooperate or not? And I was like, "Well, <laughs> okay, yes." Okay then. Uh, so it's not our marketing piece. Um, it, it's somebody else's uh, art, and it's wonderful. And it's not what I would have done for our marketing, just to be clear. Uh, he tells several stories of Vermonters throughout, which are beautiful, wonderful stories. Um, and it was eye-opening uh, for myself and my crew. Um, and it's been entered in several film festivals and won some awards. Um, and uh, we've hosted a series, or co-hosted kind of a series of screenings around Vermont at mostly town libraries and uh, theaters. Um, and it's been terrific. And you can find out more about it on our website. It's right on our homepage, uh, frontporchforum.com. And it's currently streaming on Vermont PBS. Hmm. Um, they broadcast it and then been streaming it. What, what is the name of the documentary, do you recall? Um, it's long. Uh, I don't recall. That's terrible, but okay. I can't remember. That, that's cool. 
we'll maybe we'll figure it out, Taylor. You can look up Front Porch Forum yeah. uh, on Vermont PBS. Or I on love Sam. I'm I'm just like any good entrepreneur is like four times he's mentioned the URL, which is just awesome. That that warms me to no end. <laughs> also, you had to throw a stump question in there, right? Because he had answered so eloquently. Yeah, all the other he's questions. been so smooth. Yeah, yeah, totally. Sorry about that, Michael. No worries. Do you, do you have any mentors that have helped you out, or, or has it been you and the dog and, and your? Oh, we've gotten you? help from so many different people. Um, uh, we have a great staff of folks, some of whom have been with us for 10, 11 years. Um, we have uh, Jan Schultz, uh, a local person who's been a critical part of Burlington uh, back into the 70s and 80s, um, was on uh, Bernie's first stint as mayor, played a role there. And he is a, a tech pioneer, um, and he has been an advisor of ours um, around process and critical decisions for a long time, kind of one of our secret weapons, if you will. Um, Paul Costello at Vermont Council on Rural Development. Is he uh, the, he's terrific. He's the bee's knees. I mean, yeah. Paul is the man. I was at his leadership summit on Monday. I was there too. Yeah, we were there. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, wow, talk about a guy and an effort at the council yeah. and a staff that has moved the needle. Yeah, terrific work. And he has advised us. He's helped us expand from Chittenden County to the rest of Vermont and at different times. Uh, yeah, so and I'm sure there are many others, uh, you know, I could mention. But. Paul might be the most mentioned. Paul Costello? <laughs> yeah, mentor that, that we've talked about here. And, and yeah, here. He's, uh, uh, he, he has my, I just have so much respect hmm. for what he's been able to accomplish so far in his career. And it's, and it's, it's just getting started from what I can see, so... Yeah. Michael, any of Vermont companies that you're particularly excited about these days? Well, you know, I am excited about, this might seem uh, uh, upside down somehow for some folks, but <laughs> about Vermont's media scene. Hmm. Uh, when you look at, and this is in no particular order, but um, VT Digger and Seven Days and VPR and... Uh, um, you know, Vermont PBS with their uh, spectrum sale and new assets and the steps they're taking in the new studio and, um, you know, other television and, and print and online and radio. Uh, we have still a rich environment. And I thought Seven Days did a terrific job on this past week in their media issue, uh, focusing on a lot of that. And, you know, Front Porch Forum is kind of a, a cousin um, to these other businesses and nonprofits, uh, and that, you know we're not journalists. We don't, we don't employ uh, journalists at FPF, but uh, you know, in an era when many communities around the country uh, their media has just collapsed and disappeared, you know, turned to dust and blown away, um, Vermont's still happening, and you know, there's been contraction, there's been you know big changes. Um, but there's still vitality here and still people innovating and still people consuming media, reading it, um, and paying for it. So that, that's, that, there's more opportunity there. Um, and, and I think it's going to be important for a lot of people to invest in that, um, 
success as because times are going to get even harder uh, ahead I think for that industry yeah I agree I think I think our our media is a huge part of what makes Vermont Vermont and um, we're really lucky to have some of the folks that we do kind of leading the charge there Dave could any specific advice for the aspiring entrepreneur you know you've, you've got some distance and time here in your journey well I, I tell you what has been very helpful for us, and that's to establish a, a clear mission and a vision and touch back on that really daily. Um, our mission is to help neighbors connect and build community, and it's all around more vibrant and resilient Vermont communities. And we look at that literally on a daily basis, from our online community management to our sales to our tech feature development, um, you know, uh, it, it, it always comes back to that for us. And it's allowed us to sidestep and avoid um, errors, uh, you know, uh, stepping off our path. Um, so that's been really important for us, is having a, a core vision and, and sticking to it. And I know there's all, you know, pivoting and the whole nine yards there's a time and a place for that too, but that's a different kind of business that I'm not, I don't know much about. Um, you know, I mentioned the big national competitor. They, uh, you know, they put together a A-plus Silicon Valley team and they could have built anything, you know, and then and they heard about us and some other things and they said, oh, we'll do a social media for neighbors. And they went charging off without any mission or vision around that that was grounded in anything. Mm. You know, it's just they had a, a you know, A-class CTO, A-class CEO, A-class CFO, right, funders, right. you know, we'll build it, whatever it is. And they could have pivoted six different times. And, you know, that's a different kind of undertaking. Um, and some people succeed with that. But, yeah, I've, our approach has been very different. Bootstrap, from the heart, slow and steady, um, follow, you know, a passion. Speaking of vision... The time has come. Dave, it's all you, man. All right. Magic wand time here. If you could change one thing in Vermont, what would you change? Wow, okay. Um, I didn't know you were going to spring stuff like this on me. You feel powerful all of a sudden now, right? Yeah. <laughs> wand is glowing. Um, I think Vermonters have a great grasp on the value of buying local and eating local and local governance over, you know, federal, you know, kind of this whole notion of small, you know, making decisions and purchases and all that close to home, close to where they're having their impact. And, but there's a disconnect when it comes to online. And there's this concept that I've been loosely calling click local that, you know, you could go online and read a news story um, from on Facebook or Google or VT Digger. Well, it doesn't matter. It's just all free. It's just surfing around the web, right? Well, no, it does matter because we're operating largely in an attention economy now. And so just like it matters where you spend your dollars when you buy local, 
It matters where you spend your attention. And so Vermont has a lot of fascinating uh, small businesses, startups in, in the digital space, and they are des as deserving of our attention as uh, Vermont microbrews um, and CSAs and cheeses and I mean, yep. are deserving of our food dollars. Um, and, and the local bookstores are deserving of our you know, book dollars over Amazon. So if I could wave my magic wand, I would say, I would love to get everyone to think, buy local, eat local, click local. Love that. Love that. New one, Dave. Uh, new one, it's definitely up there on the leaderboard. Hell yeah. Um, Michael, thank you for, for joining us today. This has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. This series has been made possible by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Follow us on Twitter at VSET. That's V-C-E-T. Thanks for listening. Let's go talk to a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs>